You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey gals, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. Hey, before I jump into where I want to head today, just a couple things on the podcast, on Athey Women, all that kind of good stuff. Sometimes we get little messages and say, hey, wait, what? You have a YouTube channel? Well, the podcast does not have a YouTube channel. I don't do these things video, you know, half the time, guys, I'm recording in my closet. It's super not fancy. Today, I'm actually recording at the church, but that's not something I always do. So no, they're not made for video. So the YouTube channel is not for that. But Athey Women does have a YouTube channel. And if you have not checked that out, go over and check it out because there's a couple things I wanna highlight to you. First of all, there's other teachings that have been done by Debbie Metter has done her Mom Time series, two different ones, I believe. And those are on there. I think she even has some Q&As for parents that are really great. So those are on our Athe Women YouTube channel. We also have anytime we do Devoted Live. So yeah, we have the podcast here. This is the Devoted Podcast. This is all audio. But with them, we also, once a month, we do Devoted Live, which is live at the church and we have the gals in the room and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but then we upload those later to the YouTube channel so that you guys can check those out as well. And those are just, uh, you know, I don't know, probably the length is probably a little longer, I suppose, than the podcast. And you see like, I have keynotes and things like that. So it's a little bit more visual, but there's some good stuff there. I'm trying to actually get those this summer. We're going to possibly take the the devoted lives and then see if we could put them on the audio on the on the podcast format so you guys could listen to those. So that's a possibility that I'm looking into to see if we can do that in the summertime because I do take those two months, I think it's June and July, where I'm not actively recording because I'm working on some other studies and that kind of stuff. But that would be a way that we could still kind of put some things, some content out there for all of you podcast fans. I tell you, it's so funny if we, because this has happened, where, you know, we forgot to drop a podcast on a Tuesday, or maybe we dropped two on one day instead, just human error on our part. But some of you guys are, are very faithful, like, this is my routine on Tuesdays. This is what I do. This is when you drop that. So it's fun to hear from you guys and how the Devoted Podcast has just become part of what you're doing, which is great. And then it also just makes me want to make sure that I'm just always really pointing you to scripture and making it something that's worth your time. My opinion's not really that much worth your time, uh, but the Bible is worth our time every single time. So we're coming up on the podcast is, is almost two years old. Can you believe it? I cannot. I cannot. I did not have a clue how the Lord would use this, if the Lord would use this. And man, it's been so cool to see how he has, in fact, used the weak and the foolish and the time in a closet and just been able to talk to thousands and thousands of women and be pointing them to scripture. Man, that's that's an amazing thing. And but I'm I'm very humbled by how he's used this thing to do that. So praying that that's that's where our focus is. That's where we continue to do is just pointing you gals back to scripture. So with that, other than that, the, there's the Athey Women YouTube channel. We also have all of our teachings for our studies that we've done. So we're doing our current study right now is in Proverbs, but we have past studies that we've done there too that you can go and check those out as well. So that's Athey Women YouTube channel. Just wanted to let you guys know that because sometimes people are like, ah, didn't even know you had that. Other ways you can kind of keep an eye on us. You can look at us at the Athey Creek on the Women's Ministry page, and then you can always follow us on Instagram or on Facebook and 
kind of stay up on that. I, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, if I'm quite honest. But I do feel like, man, if I'm going to point you to social media, I think you should be, first of all, very selective about your accounts. But I do love the opportunity that we get to kind of redeem the time that's there. And I want to keep as much scripture in front of us as possible. And man, our, our communications team and some of our graphic designers just do a beautiful job of putting scripture in a pretty format and backgrounds because we're girls and we do like things that are pretty, but keeping it solid and keeping it scripture. So those things are on there. And one of the things I love about that is you can always have that and you can take a screenshot of it, you know, and then it can be your wallpaper. And so I just, anything that we can keep scripture in front of us, I think is is a good thing. So that's that's a way that we get to redeem social media a little bit. And like I said, I, I don't love it. I don't love the fact that it can just be a huge time suck. And I think that we need to be very disciplined about our time there. But it is a great way that I can pop in every now and then and, and talk to you guys that are either podcast listeners or people that are participating in the studies and that kind of stuff. So I do love that. So today, we'll see how long this is going to be. This one might be a little bit of a shorter one. As I've been praying about this, I'm like, well, I can't not talk about this. In in some of the episodes that are coming up, I'm I'm talking about some things with I'm going to talk about Bible translation with Pastor Gabe and a little bit more. Not super. It, it maybe that sounds too studious. I don't mean it to be, but I do think it's important for us to actually just be a little bit more informed about that. And then we also are going to do a podcast with Joey Metter, who's the worship director here at Athe on our theology in worship and the importance that that plays and. As I thought about that, I thought, well, I really would like to first have a conversation with you gals on what our theology looks like. What do we mean about theology? What does the word even mean? Does our theology matter? I have read some in my mind, extremely concerning quotes. And I and I don't know who said this. I, I read it somewhere, but it says it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it is sincere. Somebody thinks that, man, it's just as long as you're sincere about what you believe, then that's the only thing that matters. And I don't think that's accurate. I think that we need to understand the things that we believe. It needs to be grounded by something. It needs to point to something. And boy, that's something better not be us. It doesn't need to be us or even another person and, and their ideas and thoughts. We want to know what God says. We want to know who he is. And those should be the things that point us to it, not just how much we want something to be sincere. So as I was thinking about the things that we believe and what matters and what doesn't, it brings me back to our theology. Theology matters. What do we mean by theology? My oldest son, he knows me well. He got me a shirt. I think it was for my birthday. And it says theology matters. And it's one of my favorite graphic t-shirts. It says theology matters. It's great. I probably wear it way too much. But I think this is a big deal. And and so that's why I'm not sure, will this be a 20-minute podcast or will it be more of our longer one? But hopefully I'm trying to keep this a little shorter and, and concise with this. Because really what I'm just trying to do is is kind of define some of these terms. And I'm hoping also to take this term, because some people hear theology and they're like, yeah, Amy, that's just not my thing. That's very academic. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. And I actually think we all need to care about theology. If we understand what it means, I think we all need to care about it. So let me give you a quick definition. If you go onto gotquestions.com, which honestly, I think I've said this in past podcasts, but it's just a great source. I've never found anything that I have felt has been in off too terribly or anything like that. But again, I have not read everything that they've written either. But they're typically a really good place to go just for Bible questions and things like that. But if you look at gotquestions.com and you say, hey, what does the term theology mean? So it's going to point out that theology is just a combination of two Greek words that mean, once you put them together, theos and 
or theo, theos, theos, and then ology, it's the study of God. So Christian theology, it's simply, it's an, an attempt to understand God as he is revealed in the Bible. That's how it puts it. Theology is the art and the science of knowing what we can know and understand about God in an organized and understandable manner. So that's how they define it. That's what theology is. Just understanding, if we can put it more simply, it's our study of God, understanding what we can know about God. So theology, just the combination of those two Greek words, that that's all it is. It's just the study of God. So I ask you, once you know that that's what theology means, shouldn't we all be, quote unquote, I guess, theologians? Now, I freak out when I hear that, because when I when I think of theologian, well, I think of the big dogs. I think of Spurgeon and Tozer and Edwards and, you know, giant people of the faith that we certainly have learned so much about theology and all of those things. Like, that's who I really think of as theologians. So I have to, I guess, separate for me a little bit anyway, that I think in my mind, I make it almost like an office or a status of, of a person that is a theologian. So I, again, like I said, we're trying to take that down from the rafters just a little bit and go, okay, but shouldn't everyone want to study who God is? If you believe in Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus and you're studying his word, that's essentially what you're trying to do. You are you're attempting to know God more and study him, who he is. So that's what theology is. So in that capacity, man, we're all theologians. So why does what we understand about God or our theology, why does that matter? And why am I wanting to belabor this on a podcast. I actually have to tell you, I think I was overthinking this episode so much because I realized that in a lot of ways, this topic matters to me so much because it's pretty much the reason we have this podcast, right? We want to be women that are devoted to God's word. And I don't mean that in a tagline. I mean that we really want to study who God is and what we can know about him to the best of our ability and separating, man, this is my feeling over here. This is what I think to be true with what is really true. Like really, that's why we always want to point back to what scripture says about these things. So let's skip to the punchline a little bit. But what does the Bible say? Why does our theology matter? Why does the knowledge of God matter at all? Well, a couple of scriptures I want to pull out here, but the first one is Revelation 4.11. And I'm going to read this in the King James, but I love this in several, but I just really love the way the King James puts this. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were created. Okay, did you get that? For thou hast created all things. Okay, we got that. We know God created all things, but that, that last part, and for your pleasure they were created. Man, think about that. We were created because it pleased the Lord. For his pleasure, we were created. I think this is amazing. Let me read one more verse and then I'll kind of refer back, back to that. So that was uh, Revelation 4.11. This is Colossians 1.16. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and wait for it, for him. All things were created through him and for him. So we have Revelation 4.11 that says, hey, we were created for the pleasure of God. He created us because it pleased him to do so. And then you have Colossians 1.16 that says that all things were created through him, but then also for him. So this is why I think at the end of the day, this is why our theology matters, because we were created for him. 
So if you are created for something, it's helpful to know the thing that created you, right? We are created, our purpose is for him, for his pleasure. And you have to get this, or not only will your theology not matter to you, but you will be in dissonance with your creator. Do you know what I mean by dissonance? It's it's sort of like when I think of it, I think of my piano lessons when I would hit a wrong note. You hit that chord and you're just off a little bit and ugh, that sound, you know, there's just dissonance there. There's not that beautiful triad. Nope. There's just this clanging sound a little bit. And this is what I think of when I think about when we are not knowing our theology because we're not knowing who God is. It creates this dissonance with him. Now, when we say that God created us for his pleasure, I think it's important to point out that this does not mean that God needed us. God is self-existent and he needs nothing. God is our creator and took pleasure in creating us. Remember, it says in Genesis 1 that it was very good. That's what he says when he, when he, in creation there. But the idea is that he created us according to his will and pleasure that we could know him as best we can. Now, I added that last part as best we can because can we really ever fully know God? Let me read you what Romans 11, 33 through 36 says because this is so good. But in Romans 11, 33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? In other words, nobody. And then verse 36 says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever, amen. So I love this passage. It just is pointing out that in our finite created minds, we can't completely understand who God is, not fully, not on this side. Man, someday we get to be in heaven and we get to see him face to face, it says, and what a glorious, glorious day that will be. But right now we see through a glass darkly. And so we we, we can't see all of the things. We can't know fully the mind of God or know all those things. But he has revealed himself to us. We see in Romans 1 where it talks about that the things of God can be seen in creation. So we can see him through the creation that he has made. And then we also have, we can see who he is through the written word, through scripture and what has been revealed to us in that way. So there are things that we can know, but yes, there, there's this finite limitation that our brains have in the things that we we can't know all things. But that's what I, I love about the study of Scripture is, is diving into it for the things that can be known. Because I'm going to re- keep referring back to that those passages that we read in Colossians and in Revelation that were created for Him and were created for His pleasure. So if that is the whole purpose of your created self, then it's important to know that Creator. So our theology matters because knowing and understanding who God is, it, it really does inform so many things around around us, so many things about how we think, the worldview that we hold, the choices we make. I mean, I mean, really all of it. And you can just see, you know, does the things that I'm viewing, the beliefs that I have, does it honor, glorify God for whom I am created? And you can't know that if you don't know who God is. So theology, we're going to study who God is. We want to know who he is. So try not to think of it as this super academic word that, man, that's just not for me. I don't study theology. That's I don't do that. We all do because we all want to know who God is. 
Thomas Aquinas, it's reported that he said, theology comes from God, teaches us about God, and leads us to God. I love that. Real theology, the study of God, it's going to come from him, like his ability that he gives us to understand who he is. And it's going to teach us about God. And we're, we're learning about these things through his written word. And then also, like Roman said, through creation about who God is. But then it leads us to God. That leading us to God, I think the, that's one of the most compelling things to me about as you study theology and you're learning about who God is, is because the more things you learn about him, it makes you want to know him more. Another quote at you, but this is well said as well, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he says, as theology is ultimately the knowledge of God, the more theology I know, the more it should drive me to seek to know God. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. He said it better than what I just, you know, stumbled over. But that's the point. And that's why I think our theology matters is because we need to be taking seriously the fact that we want to be students of who God is. And that should be what our study of Scripture is about. So let's be students. We get to be students of knowing God, and this is the good stuff. This is fun. But what happens when we aren't theologians, if you will? What happens when we aren't students of theology? And maybe we have not really given any thought to this whole thing about what should I really know about God? Is that really important? You know, again, I'll point you back to it is. It's absolutely important because we want to know the one in whom that we were created to bring pleasure for. So it's really important. But we don't always realize that importance. And and I think what happens when we don't put an emphasis on knowing who God is, and again, I'm really speaking here to the believer, right? I'm speaking to those that have confessed Christ, we've repented of our sins, and we are choosing to walk and study and, and grow in our sanctification as we walk with the Lord. That's who this is to. But you can see the concessions that are made, even if it's somebody that is not a believer, they're making decisions and concessions against the knowledge of God at times, just as much as the believer is. So what I mean by that, the believer is hopefully desiring to make choices, make decisions, and formulate what their worldview looks like based on what they know about God and who they are and what he says about his created order and design. The unbeliever is not studying it in that way, but don't forget, they too were created for his pleasure. But the issue that I think you'll see is, you know, when those concessions are made is there's that dissonance that is between the creator and his creation. We don't want to have that dissonance. We want to have the harmony of understanding who God made us to be. But when, let me give you an example of when concessions are made about these things about maybe we just don't care about theology or we don't understand it rightly. The thing that we're getting is we're trying to look for who God is. Remember, this is the study of who God is. And look at scripture for what it tells us that God is. And you can start at the beginning. God is our creator, right? And this one is interesting, a hot topic, really. Understanding who God is as your creator, creating Adam, creating Eve. It says in Genesis 1 that male and female, he created them, okay? He's the creator. He made up the rules. He formed us, fashioned us. We are his creation. He's the author. He is the creator. He designed all of these things. So he kind of gets to say what's up, right? And he said, there is male and there's female. He created Adam and he created Eve. So this is something that if you do not acknowledge who God is as creator and the one that made us, boy, you see dissonance right away, don't you? Because right now today we're struggling and we can't figure out what biology is right now. Man, I was blown away when I was watching clips of the Supreme Court confirmation. And one of the questions that the now Justice Brown was asked was to define what a woman is. 
And I don't know what caught me more off guard, her response or her even just like her facial expression and how she hit. Now, again, this is someone that as I as you look at it, that's not having an informed idea of knowing who the creator is, because the, the creator tells us exactly what woman is and exactly what male is. This isn't hard. And instead, her response, and before we get all harsh on her, this is largely the world's response right now, is, well, how can we possibly know? In her response, she said, I'm not a biologist, which just floors me because, man, we don't have to be a biologist to be able to tell the difference between men and women. So this is one of the examples that we can see. Scripture tells us very clearly the creator who made us, who designed us, who absolutely has authority to say who we are. He said, male and female, I created them. Our world, as we make concessions on who God is, is going away from who we are created by, our creator, and God is creator. Another passage I love that we get a whole bunch of theology from is John chapter 1. John chapter 1, 1 through 5, fantastic passage. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Wow. There is so much in those five verses. They are rich in our theology and in our understanding of who God is. But just look at a couple of those things. And I'm not going to exhaustively cover this, but just to highlight a few things, what this tells us about God, it tells us right away that he was in the beginning. So that's like what we were just talking about. He was creator because it says in the beginning was the word. So there he is. He's the creator. We know he was there in the beginning. The next thing it says is that he was the word. This is powerful because this tells us um, how the authoritative nature of the scriptures are, how um, the, the words that we read, they have great authority to us because it's saying he is the word. It tells us in, in 2 Timothy that scripture is God-breathed. He has inspired and he has authored the words that we have heard using men, absolutely, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's it's so fantastic what we learn about how even the scriptures that we hold and that we can rely upon them. But it says there in John, it's it's, he is the word. So this reminds us of how authoritative the nature of the scriptures are. And that's just huge. Then it says, it says, all things were made through him and by him and nothing is made that he didn't make. Boy, that's pretty much as inclusive of all the things that it gets, right? He made all things, they're by him. Nothing is made that he didn't make. And this this tells us that God created, designed, breathed life into all of it, to everything that we see. Love this. Next thing it says, it's in him is life, which I think then we can also see tells us that without him is death. So that tells us something about God, that in him is life. And then also says that he is the light of men and darkness cannot overcome it. This is a powerful section in our study of who God is on our theology. And we also know that passage we just read, John 1, 1 through 5, that in John 1, 14, it reminds us that the word that we talk about there became flesh. And that's Jesus right there. So it's so much packed in there for our theology there. Man, you could just meditate on just those five verses. But what else do we learn about who God is in Scripture that we need to have a good understanding of that really can inform our theology. And one of them that I think is probably a really obvious one is that God is our Savior. You know, we just talked about the word that became flesh was Jesus, and Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And you see throughout Scripture, you see this beautiful redemptive work that starts, you know, right at the fall, 
And then is we see it all through scripture about how that is carried forth until ultimately Jesus comes and dies as the propitiation and the reconciliation for our sins. I mean, this is this is a giant piece for him as Savior. But the thing that I think, I mean, that sounds amazing just in and of itself. But the thing that it also points out is that we need saving. So understanding this theology, this theological idea that who God is, that he is our Savior, means that we need saving. And so then it points, it tells us some things about ourselves and in that way, our theology is informing who we are, right? That, that we're sinners. The Bible tells us that all have sinned. And we've all, we've all maybe heard that Bible verse, and we've all probably memorized it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've heard that. We've heard, we've heard Romans and where it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I think that's the one that we think that, oh, man, those must be really big sins, though, right? But that, that's just not true. The cost of one sin is death. So our theology, knowing that God is our Savior, it points to the fact that that we need saving. And even if you have ever committed one sin, which, yes, we all have, we need saving. We need Jesus to cover that. We desperately need to understand the God that came to save us through Jesus. I know I just threw out some words there, too, with reconciliation and propitiation and redemption. Man, those are some big concepts. That's not my purpose in this podcast at all. But you can go back. We've talked about some of those things before. Better yet, you can always go to athecreek.com and you can go up to the, the teachings search box and just type in propitiation or reconciliation or redemption. And uh, you can pull up full teachings uh, that Pastor Brett has done on those. And that would be far better. So I'm not trying to glaze over some major, (laughs) major things that we could talk about, but focusing back in on just theology and why we would study and why should we, we should be students of God. So going back to that God sent Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for sin tells us a lot about who God is. It tells us that he is love. Okay, this is, again, something that we, as, as, as we're studying who God is, the Bible tells us that he is love. First John 4, let's see, let's start in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Ooh, maybe I should just even stop right there before we continue. But it says, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So we can, we even know God by the fact that we can love others. That comes from God. Boy, that that informs a lot, doesn't it? Verse eight says, and anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, I told you there's gonna be some big theological terms here. But important ones, important ones, really good stuff here. So I love that. You know, I already camped out on the fact that just the fact that we can love, that we have the capacity to do that speaks of God right there. And then that verse eight said, God is love. Not just that God is loving, like the verb, like we can be loving to someone, but we can't be love. But God is. God, he actually is love. Okay, does that make your brain short circuit? Do you're like, well, I kind of get that. I kind of don't. Yeah. I get that. I think that we're probably going to come to those types of conclusions as we study God, God often because we have, a, we have a limited understanding to how do we get the fact that God is not just loving, but he is love. He is it. That, that's an amazing concept. 
And verse nine tells us he's the demonstration of that love. So it, it, he can do all the things that we can't. We can be loving to someone, but we can't demonstrate it in the same way that he can. And we aren't love. Does that, you know, does that make sense? Anyway, a lot of things in that passage that, again, it tells us things about who God is. So hopefully I'm not being too circular and keep coming back to then, okay, but then why does that matter? Why does it matter? Why does our theology matter in understanding who God is? Okay, I'm going to remind you back to that original couple passages that we're created for his pleasure. So we want to know the author. We want to know who God is truly. Because here's the thing that I think is one of the the biggest deals, and I think the thing that we have to watch out for is not having a biblical understanding and being a student of who God is who he truly is as revealed in his word and in creation, then we instead can put in its place a God in our image, you know, one of our making. And this is easy to do, right? Because then we could, if we put a God into our making, we can make him the way we understand him. We could put it in a way that makes sense to us. So like when I just went through that exercise, a little bit of saying God is not just loving, he is loving but he is love. And we're, our brains kind of go, huh, I don't really know. I don't quite grasp that. Yeah, I get it. But for some, that can really kind of trip people up and go, man, if I just can't fully get my brain around it, then I can't accept that. And that's, I think, a danger. I think this is one of the things that there's things about God and scripture that we need to be okay with the fact that my brain can't fully get this. And I'm okay with that because here I am, I'm the created being, he is the creator, and he is going to have more of a vast understanding and knowledge and breadth of all things. I just, I just can't get, but I trust him. And I know that as creator, he knows all these things. Knowing who God is, it's sort of almost, I don't even, I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it, but it's, it's kind of a life pursuit just to know him. J.I. Packer said this, he said, what were we made for? To know God. What aim should we have in life? To know God. What is the eternal life that Jesus gives? To know God. What is the best thing in life? To know God. What in humans gives God most pleasure? Knowledge of himself. You know, it seems like such a simple answer. What, what's your purpose? To know God. You know, to bring him pleasure, to bring him glory. If this sounds complicated or if maybe Amy's doing a terrible job of explaining it, all of those things are possible. But one of the things that I love that kind of boils it down is when we are told in Scripture what the, what the greatest commandment is. And Jesus replies and he says to the order that he gives is he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. That's the very first thing is loving God. And again, I'll point you back to, man, you need to know something about the one that you love. Study of God theology. So good. Knowing who God is, what is it how that helps us to love him better? So I'll bring us back to that little statement I said at the beginning where it says people say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as it's sincere. And man, I just I just cringe when I hear that because actually think about how that plays out. Man, I can I can sincerely believe that bacon is the healthiest thing that I could eat because I love bacon. Bacon makes everything better, right? And you can believe that as sincerely as you want. But if all you do is eat bacon, accompanied by your belief that bacon is the most healthy thing in the world, I hate to tell you, but your your arteries are going to be clogged at some point and it's just not going to bear out for you. You know, it's just not true. So sincerity does not equate what we should believe. 
And sadly, I, I do think that this is where we see the winds of culture just kind of blow us all over the place because it can come down to the fact of what someone's sincere belief is. And I would say, well, you know, you can believe it as sincerely as you want, but I want to know, I want to, I want to have that compass <laughs> that actually directs, that is actually the thing that I know to be true. And, and so as we study God's word and we're pressing into just, man, God, who are you and how can I know you better? When we're, even when we're praying and asking the Lord to show us who he is, Man, he's so faithful to do that. And it's not as if the scriptures are ever going to run out of things that it, it tells us about who God is. You truly could study God your whole life and, and study scripture, and there's still going to be more to him. And isn't that an amazing thing? I mean, that's the thing that when we, when we get to heaven, we get to see him as he is. I love that. And But right now, we're just getting to do the part that we can. And the part that we can do is to study his word, to know him. So lots of more of examples we could get because that's kind of what the whole purpose of the podcast is, right, guys? It's it's for us to be looking at scripture and studying and knowing who God is, not who we want him to be, not what we think he should look like, what we, or not even what we feel like God should do. Boy, that's a thing too. And, I, and, and that is a way that we can be kind of swayed by culture because you'll hear people say, well, I don't think uh, you know, Jesus wouldn't do that, you know, or Jesus wouldn't say that. Remember the the saying back in the, was it the 80s or 90s, the what would Jesus do thing? And and I understood what they were trying to do. You know, you're trying, we are, to, we're told that we are to have the mind of Christ. But all of those things are by the work of the Holy Spirit within us, not our good works, that's for sure. But this study, this theology of knowing who God is can really help us direct what even the choices that we make. It can sure help us with some of the cultural things that we're seeing as far as people not even being able to define gender, but it goes beyond that, right? It even points to us in our own sin nature, the fact that we need saving comes back to from where God is. So I just wanted to share some of these scriptures and also just to maybe put that that thought in your mind of, man, if you're somebody that is like, I don't really care about theology, that sounds super academic and weird. Nope. It just means you want to study who God is in your Bible. And I think it does matter. And we need to be careful about the things that define God in a way that is not how scripture has defined him. And and so in order to guard us and have those guardrails up to keep us in a, in a place that is is knowing who God is. That's why we want to pour in and really study what God's word is and just be women that are really, really submitted to what his word says. So I hope some of that was helpful for you. If nothing else, hey, I love it when we can, I can just share some scriptures and you got to hear some of these throughout the day. And hopefully these will just kind of mull over in your brain and you can kind of chew on these a little bit. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at